couple youth group games that I did when I was a youth pastor that has nothing to do with my message. You guys cool with that? All right. These were awesome. So um, the first one um, was called Making Lemonade. And both of these you couldn't do during COVID for sure. Um, Here's what we did. We had a table. It was a relay race. And we had a bunch of sugar packets, um, wedges of lemons, and cups of water. And what you had to do is, is put all three of those ingredients, not the whole lemon. You squeeze the lemon, packet of sugar, cup of water, small cup of water, hold it in your mouth, run to the other end, do 10 jumping jacks just to, you know, form it into lemonade. You run back, you spew it into a pitcher. You keep going until the pitcher is full and then someone has to chug it. <laughs> it was awesome. It was, oh man, someone threw up. It was great. Um, <laughs> here was the other one, okay? I got a hold of a toilet and <laughs> I filled it up with Mountain Dew and then put um, little, what do you call them? Um, baby Roots in there. And then they bobbed for Baby Roots. The problem with candy bars, though, is they sink right to the bottom. And so. <laughs> They really struggled. It was really, really hard. No one actually got one out. So it didn't actually turn out that well. It was just really cool in concept. Um, anyway, I wish, I wish I had some pictures to show you, but I don't. Anyway, okay. Um, let's just, we're going to just totally shift gears now, okay? You guys, you guys cool with that? All right, here we go. Um, who's the most important person on a worship team? Yeah, Ava. Well, yes, Correct human person. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Think a band. Who's the most important person in a band, a rock band? Wrong. The sound person. Here's why. Same for a worship band. Here's why you can be, you can be terrible. Maybe not terrible. You can be not very good at an instrument and a sound person can make you sound pretty good. You can be really good at an instrument or at singing, and if the sound person is bad, they'll make you sound bad. So actually, in my opinion, the most important person and the most important instrument in a worship team or in a rock band is the soundboard or the sound person. Um, Who's the most important person on staff at Stonebridge Church? Don't actually answer this. It's not me. It's not me. Yes. That's correct. Our secretary, <laughs> Stacy. It's not, sorry, Josh. Um, but yeah, it would be a disaster. Um, sure. It would be a disaster without, without her. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. Um, who's, who's the most important person at your school? Not the principal. So Yes, janitor. Here's why, especially during COVID, right? Well, if you're attending school right now, um, and if you're not at school, um, I would say it's the janitor. All right, here's the point, you guys. Um, the most important person in an organization or, or in anything usually doesn't give a lot, get a lot of credit, and they usually serve and serve and serve without a lot of thanks or praise. We're going to look at a guy today named James the Less. So even in his name, um, it, it, it doesn't sound too good, does it? Who would want that name? James the Less or James the Lesser. Um, 
But true greatness, as we're going to find out, is actually found in selflessly serving people. And it's often unseen, it's often unnoticed, it's often not recognized, but God sees it. And his, opi- his opinion is the only opinion that matters. And he says that selfless service is what true greatness is. So, uh, who's this guy, James the Less? We're going through the disciples, the 12 disciples, the 12 apostles of Jesus. Um, <laughs> we really don't know much about this guy, okay? It, it says in Mark 3.18, you don't need to go there, but... Um, it gives a list of the disciples, and it says James, the son of Alphaeus. So he's the son of Alphaeus. Um, we have no idea who Alphaeus was. So, so here's James. We also see uh, in Mark, you can go here. We're going to be hanging out in Mark today. So um, if you have your Bible, turn to Mark fifteen forty. Here's another little hint into his life, and this is all we get from Scripture on this guy. Mark 15, verse 40. It says, Mark 15, 40. It says, there were also women looking on from a distance. They're at the cross. Jesus is dying on the cross, okay? Among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James the Younger, or James the Less. So less means that he was probably younger than the other James that you guys learned about already. The other disciple named James. Too many Jameses going on here. They, they just couldn't one of them just go by their last name. I don't know. But here we are. We got, we got James and his mom. All, all we know is that his mom was probably a follower of Jesus too because there she was at the crucifixion. That's all we get. Um, but just because he's younger... He's probably, some think that he was smaller than the other James, maybe shorter or something, but he was certainly less prominent. Um, we, this is all we hear about him. James is, is one of the three uh, disciples that, that seems to be closer to Jesus. Um, but it doesn't mean he's less important. He's still sent out by Jesus to preach the good news and to cast out demons like the rest of the disciples. So he was doing incredible stuff for God. Now, I want to show you guys in Mark 10. So if you can, you can flip or, or tap if it's on your phone over to Mark 10. I want to show you the difference between James the Great, we're going to call him. He wasn't actually called James the Great. We're just going to call him that. The other James that's more prominent versus James the Less in Mark 10. James the Great, we're going to see, tries to look really great, but he ends up being a selfish jerk. James the Less, though who is great, doesn't just try to be great or try to look great, is great by being a selfless servant. So let's look at Mark 10, starting in verse 35. We're going to see James the Great, who's not so great. Mark 10, 35. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him, to Jesus, and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Let's just stop right there. Who goes up to Jesus and says, hey, do whatever I want now? I mean, it, it, did you catch the tone? We want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Here's, here's the action. His actions here show that he, he was kind of a jerk, kind of a bully. Like, I'm in control. I just, I'm just going to take. I want what I want right now. And then we keep going. We see his attitude next in verse 36. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus says that. And they, and they said to him, James and John, grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. 
His attitude here is selfish. I want to look great. I want to sit at your right hand. I want to look important and be important so people can go look at him. He made it. He wants to be popular and known as popular. I deserve the best, he's saying. But Jesus calls him out. Verse 38. Jesus said to them, you you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit in my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those to whom it has been prepared. And when the ten, the other disciples, including James the less, heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. They were not very happy about that. Now let's see in contrast, there's James the Great being a selfish jerk. Let's see James the less. Mark 10, 42 to 45. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and the great ones exercise authority over them. Jesus is saying, hey, this is how the world defines greatness. And it's still true today. This is how the world defines greatness. Be selfish. Be a jerk. But then Jesus says, here's what true greatness is, though. Verse 43. But it shall not. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So a selfless servant is described here. An attitude of... An attitude of someone like this that Jesus describes, and he's describing himself as well. Jesus was the example of being a selfless servant. To be someone who's going, look at them all the time. Instead of being a look at me person, he's saying, be a look at them. Look at God. Look at at them. I want the attention on other people. I want the attention on, on, on God, not on me. And someone who is selfless, also should be a servant. That's what true greatness is. A servant means someone who gives instead of takes. They sacrifice. They give and they sacrifice for other people. They give and they sacrifice for God. And Jesus was that ultimate example of selfless servanthood by going to the cross for us. I mean, think about this. God, who made everything... Okay, literally it says in the Psalms that he breathed out stars, made every molecule in this universe, says, you know what? I'm going to come down and serve the people that I created by dying for them. That's, That's incredible. I don't know why he would do that, but he did. Because he wanted to model for us and show us this is what it means to be great. Jesus was our example. He didn't have to do that. Of anybody, he didn't have to do that. But he selflessly served. Sacrificially served. Now, what about our guy James the Less that we're talking about today? Um, He probably served and sacrificed well during his life. But we don't hear about it. And here's why I think we don't hear about it. I think it's because he was trying to focus on Jesus and pointing people to Jesus and not himself. 
I think James the Less, as well as the other disciples that you don't hear much about, were just really great at taking the focus off themselves and putting it on Jesus. When the other disciples open their mouths, you guys have seen this in past weeks. When they tend to open their mouth, they tend to end up really foolish in a, re- in a really bad spot. Make fools of themselves. I think these guys were just a little more wise and a little more servant-hearted and just were more about Jesus. We're more look at them instead of, instead of a look at me person. So we'll, let's talk about life as a teenager in 2020. How do you live this out? How do you be a servant? How do you be truly great in 2020 as a teenager? Well, are you a look at me or are you a look at them type person? I want to tell you about two students that I had when I was, when I was in youth ministry. One of them was named Michael. And Michael, almost everything he said and almost everything he did just shouted, look at me, look at me, look at me. Okay, he would just walk in a room and, and everything he did, he would try to manipulate conversations and situations so that it could be focused on him and he could get the attention of other people, including myself. One time, he, I, was, I was busy talking to other students, talking to other people or whatever, and he so wanted my attention that he got someone else to come up to me and say that he was in the other room um, about to commit suicide. I went in another room. He was not, and he wasn't even thinking about it. He just did it to try to get my attention. That's how starved for attention this guy was. Another guy named Ryan, he was a great listener. Okay, this was a student. He was a great listener. He was great at asking questions of other people. Um, He prayed for people often, like on the spot. But you didn't know it. Like he didn't make a big show of it, right? He He was very much a look at them person. So what about you? Who do you hang out with? Do you hang out with people that look great? Maybe the popular kids who are great by the world's standards? I'm not actually asking this question. These are rhetorical questions. So, um, Do you hang out with people who look great? Or do you hang out with people um, that the world says are worthless? Or maybe people that that are known as, as kind of annoying or shy or weirdos? Who, who, do you, who do you spend your time with? Just want you to think about this. What do you care more about? Be honest with yourself in your mind right now. Who, what do you care more about? Do you care more about the way you appear to other people when you came here tonight to youth group? Did you care more about what other people thought of you and how you appeared to them or the way that you treat other people when you walked in this room? See, that's what it means to be a servant. You come in and go, no, how do I look? How are people viewing me? You know, no. How can I treat other people with love and respect and point them to Jesus? What do you care about more? Do you care more about getting applause from the things that you say and the things that you do? Or do you, do you care more about God and other people getting the applause for things that you say and do? If you are popular... If you are more on the popular side, do you use that position to serve yourself regardless of the cost? Or do you use that position to serve other people regardless of the cost? I'm going to give a great example of this among you. So um, if you know the Nebels, we got Stuart, we got Ellie here tonight. But uh, their parents as well, Desiree and Dave, are fantastic examples 
of being selfless servants. So um, Stuart can play anything up here. I mean, he just he just can't pretty much. Um, haven't gotten in the cage yet, but I hear rumblings of that. So we'll we'll see what happens. But um, but you would hardly know it. I mean, he just comes up and does his job and sits down. But he's he he is one of the most talented guitarists for sure that we have in our church. But he he doesn't make a big deal of it. Um, their whole family. Um, Ellie included, I know, helps out quite a bit with this, cleans the church twice a week. People don't even know it. Dave runs our soundboard and teaches other people to run the soundboard. Most people don't even know he's back there. But he makes, he makes people sound incredible up here. And he's really, really, really gifted. And their mom, Desiree, is, is playing the keys, is, is cleaning, just doing anything she can to serve um, and, and does it. Uh, without much, without much fanfare, without much, much praise. And, and it, it, it's incredible. It's an incredible example of true greatness. You guys, true greatness, selfless service is often unseen. It's unnoticed. It's unrecognized, but God sees it. And his opi- opinion is the only one that really matters. And when you're convinced, listen up, if you, if you guys have fallen asleep, listen to me right now. When you're convinced that God sees you and accepts you and loves you, even though you're a sinner, that can free you and should free you to selflessly serve other people. Because you don't need other people to give you praise and attention. You've got all the attention you need from your Heavenly Father. So it sets you free to serve other people like never before. So in the power of the Holy Spirit, be a look at them not a look at me in person. All right, let's pray. God, thank you for your word. And thank you for this, this example of Jesus and of James in this passage. Um, I pray that you would just give us real practical ways that we can just serve other people this week and make our life less about us, more about you and other people. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen.